comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the founder and general overseer of Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to preach and teach the word of faith for people to know God better, live life better, and impact their world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Alright, let's come to Matthew chapter 6 verse 25 to 34. Therefore, I said to you, do not worry about your life. Somebody say, don't worry. He said, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or what you will drink about your body, what you put on is not the life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. For they sow nor reap nor gather into bands. Yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you no more of value than they? Which of you by worrying? If the Bible is yours, you will see the number of times the word worry appears. Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry? Number three, about clothing. Consider the leaves of a field for how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I said to you, not even Solomon in all his glory was arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, do not worry. Somebody say, do not worry. The subject of worry is so critical that here Jesus spent time talking about it. Everybody at one stage in your life or the other will face the temptation to worry. But the Bible says when the temptation to worry about anything comes into your life, be mindful of these things. He said, don't worry. Even about the basic necessities of life. There are some worries that sometimes cannot be substantiated because they are baseless. But there are some worries that may look like needful worries. Because if you don't have money, and you must eat. It's a needful worry. If you don't have a place to stay and you must sleep, it's a needful worry. If you are naked and you need to be clothed, it's a needful worry. But even the needful things that you would naturally be tempted or you think is legitimate to worry about, Jesus said, you don't have to worry about any of that. But in order for those things you are concerned about to be sorted out, there is something you must preoccupy yourself with. He calls him the kingdom. Somebody say the kingdom. Say the kingdom. The more I meditate and I reflect on what next to teach in this kingdom series, the more I get to see that everything that God originally intended was supposed to be a kingdom experience. Somebody say kingdom experience. God really wired us to live a kingdom life. God made man after his likeness and his image. He said, let them have dominion. The word dominion has to do with kingdom. Kingdoms exercise dominion. They exercise authority. Last week when we were talking about kingdom, we said kingdom is a territorial unit or a political unit where a sovereign rules and reigns. We said that a kingdom represents a king who affects the area of his control and influence with his culture, with his will, with his intent, and with his purposes. And establishes a culture and produces a moral standard of excellence. Those were some of the fundamentals we established about kingdom. The kingdom life comes with a lifestyle. Somebody say a lifestyle. In every kingdom, there is a way people live. When you go to South Africa, 
The Zulu people, there's a way they dress. In our Shanti kingdom, there's a way they dress. You see, Otumfo, if he must appear, he has to be in Chachao. That is what he's supposed to wear. The attire he puts on is different. When you understand the concept of kingdom, life in Christ and the Christian life takes on a new turn. Praise God. And that's why I really, really need you to open up your spirit and get it. Now, we talked about 30 general characteristics about kingdoms. If you look at the kingdom, the common characteristics, we talked about 30 of them. Last week, we touched on 15. This morning, we have looked at 15. We are looking at 15. We've touched on a few of them in the first service. I'll just recap and then we'll continue. But number one, in this service, all kingdoms consist of a group of people who identify themselves with the sovereign. Part two. 30 characteristics about all kingdoms consist of a group of people who identify themselves with the sovereign. That's what a kingdom is. The people who identify themselves with the sovereign are called citizens. So the Bible says we are the citizens of heaven. Once we come into Christ, we are translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his Yeser. The moment that happens, we become natural citizens of the kingdom of heaven. That is a kingdom which we belong. And as citizens, we are entitled to the benefit of kingdom citizenship. There are some benefits we are entitled to as a Ghanaian citizen. They may not look as powerful as some other places. But there are still some legitimate benefits we are entitled to as a Ghanaian citizen. Now, when you become a citizen of the kingdom of God, there are equally amazing benefits that await you. That's kingdom life. Number two, kings choose their own citizens. Somebody say kings choose their own citizens. Kings choose their own citizens. In the kingdom, the king chooses you. Jesus said, you have not chosen me. I have chosen you and ordained you. I have chosen you. I have chosen you. In the book of First Peter 2 verse 9, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. God always chooses his people. He said, Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated. He chose the nation of Israel to be unto him a kingdom of priests. It is prerogative. It is his choice. Nobody can challenge him on that. So citizens are chosen. Are you not glad that God chose you? You are not just here by accident you were chosen. You were handpicked by God. Among all the many people who could call on the name of God, God decided that you and you and you and you should be chosen as part of them. That's how special you are. You know, sometimes people can choose you, but how special you feel usually comes when the person who is choosing you has a certain class. It's not everybody you would like to choose you. If all of us, we are given an opportunity to choose who our parents will be, I don't want to attack anybody. But I know some of us will not choose some parents. Some of us will even change our parents, the ones that we have now. Yeah. But you see, you didn't have a choice, but God, when God was looking for people, you are one of those people. He looked at you and said, you are a very fine guy. I've chosen you. And the Bible said he did not choose you because of your own good works, but he chose you by his own rights. Praise God. So when you understand that you have been chosen by God, we'll touch on that in the midweek because I think that some of those critical foundations are important. When you understand that, it changes your identity and your perspective about your life. Because a lot of us go through life and sometimes we go to interview, we are not chosen. We contest for SRC, you are not chosen. You do SHS, this you are not chosen. It looks like your life, everybody is not choosing you. But listen, no matter how many people reject you, God has chosen you. You are God's precious choice. 
Somebody say, I'm valuable. Other people may not look at you and see that you are valuable, but God sees you as valuable. Number three, all kingdoms differ from one another. Kingdoms are not the same. They differ. In our local setting as Ghanaians, we have different ethnic groups and different tribes. Most of them have chiefs. And if you go to every traditional setting, you will see that those traditional settings differ from one another. You go to the north, they enskin chiefs. You come to the south, particularly in Ashanti and Akan, they ensue. Praise God. That's a difference, a major, major difference. Apart from these things, even our culture, beliefs, and philosophies, our appearance and dressings differ from one person to another. Those of you who have been watching these beauty pageants they do on TV3 or so, when they begin to display the various cultural values from the regions, you see that we are one people, but we differ in different ways. That is exactly how kingdoms are. Kingdoms differ from one another. But we belong to a superior kingdom. Our kingdom is superior in power. Our kingdom is superior in authority. Our kingdom is superior in everything. Jesus said, all power in heaven and on earth is given unto me. I think you should be glad that you belong to a powerful kingdom. A kingdom in which there is no lack of any kind. That's the kingdom to which we belong. Number four, all kingdoms have a principle of decree. Somebody say decree. All kingdoms have a principle of decree. Daniel chapter 6 verse 12. And they went before the king and spoke concerning the king's decree. Have you not signed a decree that every man who petitions any god or any man within 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? Have you not signed a decree? Turn to your neighbor and say, God has signed a decree. What is that decree? That decree is that no weapon fashioned against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. That is a divine decree. No devil trespasses to go scot-free. Am I communicating? In the book of Isaiah, it says, Surely they will gather together, but not by me. He said, Whosoever shall gather together against thee shall fall for thy sake. So, sometimes people are worried, and my office, these people are doing this conspiracy, and my profession, these people are doing all, you don't need to worry yourself about all of that. What you need to remind yourself of is the royal decree that has gone forth. The royal decree is that anyone who touches you touches the apple of God's eye. And anybody who dares you, God will deal with them. Can somebody say an amen? amen. This is your place. In the book of Isaiah, give me Isaiah chapter 57. Let me show you something there. Isaiah 54, verse 15 all the way to 17. He said, behold, they shall surely gather together. Look at the word surely. Somebody say surely. Uh-huh. Sometimes when people are worried about who is gathering against you, who is conspiring against you, I actually feel sorry for them. Because if you are doing something meaningful, something impactful, there must be a gathering against you. There will always be some gathering against anybody who is making progress with his life. There will be a gathering. But the most important thing is not about their gathering. It's about the result of their gathering. If they make invocations and the invocations can work against you, then you are doomed. But the Bible says, surely they will surely gather together, but not by me. Then it says, whosoever shall gather together. Whosoever. Somebody say whosoever. Say whosoever. Whosoever means whosoever. Whosoever shall gather together against me. Shall what? Shall what? Shall what? Now go to verse 16. Those of you who are insecure about witches, wizards, and principalities, please key into this scripture today. Let it keep you in a state of perpetual rest. 
He said, behold, I have created the smith that blow the coals in the fire. Now, this is what God is saying. He says, the people who make guns, I'm the one who made them. Alright? Then he says, that bringeth forth an instrument for his work. I have created the waster to destroy. Okay, verse 17. Now, if he's the one who created, the one who makes the weapons, then he says, no weapon. Somebody say, no weapon. The reason why God says no weapon fashion against you shall prosper is because the one who made the weapon, he's the one who made it. He said, I've created the one who blows the coal upon the smith. No weapon fashion against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against you in judgment, thou shalt what? Thou shalt what? Listen, you must constantly remind yourself of royal decrees on your life. One of the royal decrees is that you are the head and not the tail. One of the royal decrees is that you have good success. One of the royal decrees is that you will live long. For with long life, he will satisfy you and show you his salvation. One of the royal decrees is that angels are keeping charge over you. They are keeping you in all your ways. A thousand will fall at the side, ten thousand at the right hand, it shall not come nigh thee. Am I communicating somebody at all? Now, these decrees must sink deep into you. Number five, all kingdoms have an economy. Every kingdom has an economy. And I was saying in the second service that not every economy is the same. Some economies are weak. Some economies are weak. Some are developing economies. Some are developed economies. Some economies are weak. Some economies are strong. In this COVID season, there are some economies that have really, really suffered. Really suffered. In fact, I think I was listening to one of the news networks and they were talking about one of those nations but they were literally making a case that either EU or IMF should dash them the money they owe them. Now listen, if you <laughs> you owe me money, can you make a case that I should dash it to you? <laughs> you have to be hard pressed to make that kind of argument. Hard pressed. Hard pressed economy. A couple of years back, places like uh, Portugal and others, they were literally being supported by Angola. Hard press economy. So it's not the part of the world you live that matters. It's the economy you are under that matters. Now let me tell you something. In all of this, no matter how the economy of any nation, how bad it gets, any American citizen in that economy will not feel it. Am I communicating here? Particularly those who are ambassadors. And you and I operate as ambassadors, you know? Do you know we are ambassadors? You don't seem to understand that concept. You see, no matter how a nation may be, the ambassador lives almost at the same level as the president of that nation. Most ambassadors, that's why the treatment they give to the president of nations, they call them diplomats, his excellencies. Why? Because that's the same level. And you and I, the Bible says, we are the ambassadors of Christ. So once we are planted here as ambassadors, everything that concerns us is sorted out. That's why he said, my God shall supply all your needs. He didn't say some of your needs. This week, supernatural supply is coming to your way. Supernatural supply is coming your way. All your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. It is according to your local economy. We need to understand the kingdom and position ourselves right. Because that's what he says. He says, seek if the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You have to position yourself right with the kingdom. Because if you don't know how to position yourself right with the kingdom, you will never get the best of the kingdom. The things that are done in the kingdom are different from the way things function in the world. Praise God. Number six. All kingdoms have a taxation system. Somebody say all kingdoms. Have a taxation system. 
all kingdoms have a taxation system. Romans chapter 12, verse 13, 17. He said, render therefore to all men their dues. Tribute to whom tribute is due. Custom to whom custom is due. Taxes to whom taxes is due. Render unto all men their due. First Samuel chapter 17, verse 23 to 25. This is Samuel. Here we see David. David is going to fight Goliath. And he wants to know what is in it. I'm going to fight. I'm going to dissipate energy at the risk of my life. Tell me what shall be my benefit if I go and fight this war. And look at what the Bible says. And all the men of Israel, verse 24, when they saw the man fled from him and were dreadfully afraid, so the men of Israel said, have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. And it shall be that the man who kills him, take note, it shall be that the man who kills him, I'm reading from verse 25 now, the king will enrich him with great riches. Somebody say great riches. There were three rewards that motivated David to go and fight Goliath. One, great riches. Two, becoming a son-in-law to the king. And three, exemption from taxes in Israel. Praise God. That's what he says. He said the king will enrich him with great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free. In Israel. The word free there means he will make them exempted from taxes. Praise God. In every kingdom there's a tax system. In every country there's a tax system. And in our kingdom too, there is a tax system which we call the tithe. Somebody say the tithe. So tithing is not a law thing. Those who waste time debating is, is an Old Testament practice, a New Testament practice. All is because they don't understand kingdom principle. Praise God. Kingdom life demands that these things be done. Abraham was not under any law and he practiced it because he was in a covenant relationship. Praise God. He understood what it meant and he went all the way for it. Leviticus 27 verse 30 he said, a tithe of everything from the land whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees belongs to the Lord. It is holy. Somebody say it is holy. Yeah. In every kingdom, in every country there are taxes. If you have a property, they give you property tax. If you're earning income, they give you income tax. And that all manner of tax in the kingdom too, something like that exists. Number seven, all kingdoms have a principle of giving to the king. All kingdoms have a principle of giving to the king. In the kingdom, we give to the king. In the book of Psalm 96 verse 8 to 9, give to the Lord the glory due unto his name. Bring an offering, come into his court. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Bring an offering. Somebody say, bring an offering. Say, bring an offering. In the Old Testament, these guys understood it. Three times a year, they were supposed to appear before God. And the Bible says, none shall appear before him empty. None shall appear before him what? Exodus chapter 23, verse 15. You shall keep the feast of unleavened bread. You shall eat. For in it you came out of Egypt, and none shall appear before me empty. Did you see that? Now look at Exodus 34, 20. Exodus 34, 20. But the firstborn of the donkey you shall redeem with a lamb, and if you will not redeem, then you shall break his neck. All firstborns of your sons shall be redeemed, and none shall appear before me. Did you see that? Now look at Deuteronomy 16, 16. 16, 16. Three times a year all ye may appear before the Lord your God. And the last verse says, and none shall appear before me empty-handed. The New King James says empty-handed. Every time people met a king, they gave. 
It's a royal protocol. I'm not sure you can go to the palace of Otuva and they give you audience and then you just walk away. You won't. <laughs> People who have been there, the way somebody nodded is, I can see he has gone to fulfill all righteousness there. You don't do that. When you go to a king, you give. And when the king cares about his position, he gives back to you. Praise God. He gives back to you and he gives back to you in a greater measure. That is why when we give to God, we receive greater return. Queen of Sheba left her country from Africa. She led a train of people from Africa all the way to go and meet Solomon in the Middle East. The Bible said she went with a large train of people. First Kings chapter 10 verse 10. Okay, we can start from verse 1. And when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to prove him with what? Hard questions. Somebody say hard questions. Now, listen. So this woman actually came to challenge Solomon. She had heard that there's a great king. God has given him wisdom and he's an amazing king. So she traveled several miles, several thousands of miles to the place with a large retinue of people. And then when she went, came with wild questions. So she said, one, I'm going to challenge you first. I'm going to challenge your wisdom by asking you questions. So she asked hard questions. Every one of those questions, Solomon answered. Praise God. When she finished, she said, okay, if I cannot beat you in questions, I will give you so much that you know that I'm richer than you. Now look at what the Bible says. Verse 10. And she gave the king 120 talents of gold, of spices, very great store, precious stones. There came no more such abundance of spices as this, which the queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. But when Solomon received all that she gave and was ready to depart, Solomon said, listen, <laughs> I'm not a lesser king than you. And for you to know I'm a superior king than you. Uh, guys, go and open the treasure house. And when they open the treasure house, the amount of gift, when you go home, spend time and read First Kings chapter 10, verse 1, all the way down. And you will see Solomon gave her amazing gift that she had given unto her. That is the same principle that exists in the kingdom. When we give to God, we don't give to lose. Praise God. God shows us he's superior to us by multiplying the things we give to him. That's why he says, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over. Because see, when you give to God and God becomes indebted to you, in other words, you are bigger than God. And God will never have any of that. I'm not communicating to somebody at all. That's why God will always excel you in giving. Can somebody say an amen? amen? Now, number eight, all kingdoms have an army. Somebody say all kingdoms have an army. These are the angels. The angels of God preserves everyone. The king's presence is the same as the king's authority. The presence of a king represents the authority of the king. Number nine. Number ten, all kingdoms have delegated authority. All kingdoms have delegated authority. I've given you number nine, but some of you didn't write it. So, the king's presence is the same as the king's authority. Where the word of a king is, there is power. Where two or three are gathered, his presence and power is made manifest and his glory is also seen in the place. Number 10, all kingdoms have delegated authority. When you are in the kingdom, you have right to use the power of your king. All kingdoms have delegated authority. Number 11, all kingdoms have an educational system. Somebody say they have an educational system. In every kingdom. When they brought Daniel and his friends into Babylon, the Bible said they began to school them. They retrained them. They taught them 
how to do things in the kingdom of Babylon. All kingdoms have an educational system. And for us as Christians, we also have an educational system. That's why we come to church. That's why we meet at a small group level and we study the word of God because we need to understand our constitution. We need to understand what our rights are, what our liberties are, what are the laws that govern our kingdom so we can make the most of it. Am I communicating? So when we come to church and we are being instructed, it's part of kingdom education. Somebody say kingdom education. When we meet on Zoom and we are having a Bible study, it's part of kingdom education. As we go along, you come to see that education is critical to getting the most of God's kingdom. Getting the right education. That is bringing the orientation, beginning to come into a place where you think and reason like the king of your kingdom. The ultimate of education is thinking, reasoning, and acting like your king. That's what it's about. Number 12. All kingdoms have administration and organization. When you go to a true kingdom, there's a lot of order. There's a lot of what? There's a lot of order. Anywhere a king is, there is order. When you go to Mejia Palace, there is a lot of order. Different people doing different things. They will give you their organogram. You will see different structures. There's somebody who is in charge of what he wears. There's somebody like Mpabwahini, right? One who is in charge of his shoes. Everything he wears. And Safwahini, now listen, and Safwahini means the keys. He handles all his keys. So if he wants to go to the treasure house, there's a key. Amazing. Order. Somebody say order. In the genuine kingdom, there is a lot of order. You can't be in the kingdom and be disorderly. When you see a place where there's disorder and chaos, it depicts that they don't understand what they're about. The Bible says, let all things be done decently and in order. Look at Daniel chapter 6 verse 1. And it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 princes, which should be over the whole kingdom. Look at verse 2. He says, And over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was first, that the princes might give account unto him, and the king should have no damage. That's why there's administration and organization. Administration and organization helps so that the king will have no damage. Praise God. Structure is set. Order is set. And the same way, when we come into our kingdom, the same thing is established. Come with me to the book of 1 Corinthians 12, verse 28. And God has appointed in the church. Did you see that? God has set some. The word set means appointed. God has set some in the church. First, apostles. Secondly, prophets. Thirdly, teachers. After that, miracles. Then gifts of healings, helps. Government, diversities of tongues. That is order. Somebody say order. Say order. Now, Titus chapter 1 verse 5. Titus 1 5. For this reason, I left you in Crete that you should set in order the things which are wanted and ordained elders in every city as I have appointed thee. As a child of the kingdom, learn to have order. There are some of us, we don't have order around us at all. We enter your room, we won't like the place. Order. Let there be order. Let things be done decently and in order. And that is what organization and structure does. Number 13. All kingdoms have a principle of glory related to the sovereign king. All kingdoms have a principle of glory. The glory of the king means a lot to him. The Bible says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify 
your king which is in heaven. Citizens represents the glory of your king. Number 14 as I close. All kingdoms have a principle of worship directed toward the king but beneficial to the worshippers. All kingdoms have a principle of worship. Somebody say a principle of worship. And please learn to worship. Learn to worship. Learn to be a worshipper. Learn to be a worshipper. Learn to be a worshipper. Worshipping God is beneficial to those who do it. Look at what the Bible says. In Matthew chapter 2 verse 1. He said, now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. Look at verse 2. Let's read it together. Saying, where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and we are come to what? Oh, say it. We are come to what? We are come to what? So in the kingdom, we worship our king. He demands our worship and he deserves our worship. Now, listen. It's not just an exercise in futility. It's an exercise that comes with great returns. Great what? Great returns. Look at one of those returns. Satan actually came to Jesus. Matthew chapter 4 verse 8 to 10. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. My perspective towards worship changed the day I saw this. He said, again, the devil taken him up into an exceeding high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. Verse 9. Let's read it together. And say it unto him, all these things I will give thee if thou will fall down. All these things I will give thee. All these things. Now, Satan can give some things, but God can give everything. Praise God. And one way we provoke release is through worship. When we lift up our hands and we worship, amazing things are always released. Praise God. Healings are released. Joy is released. Heaviness, yokes are broken. Every time the saints of God go in worship, genuinely, amazing things happen. Learn to worship in the privacy of your home. Most of the time, when we have learned to worship by ourselves, it's always easy to worship corporately. I realize that people who have a difficulty worshiping in a church setting atmosphere generally do not know how to worship privately. Praise God. Learn it. Learn it. One of the things that will not let God let David go was that David was a worshiper. He was a worshiper. He had, he had many flaws, but he was a man after God's own heart. Why? Because he knew what was important and gave himself to it. Praise God. Finally, all kingdoms have principle of reputation and provision. Somebody say reputation and provision. You see, in the kingdom, whatever is happening in the life of the citizens is a reflection of the nature of the king. Now listen to me and listen to me well. What happens in the life of the citizens is a reflection of the nature of the king. So if the king is a good king, his people will be living well. If the king is a wicked king, his people will be living very badly. Now let's look at a biblical example of this case. First Kings chapter 10, verse 1 to 13. This has been my philosophy. Everybody that is around me, there's a certain way I want them to live. When I saw this scripture, I said, listen, uh, <laughs> if you are close to me, you have to be at a certain level. Praise God. Because it's a reflection if my pastor is using a rockety car, it shows that I'm a bad pastor. I'm a bad leader. I'm not communicating. Yeah. That's what the Bible says. And I saw it from the scriptures. 
Look at what the Bible says. When the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to prove him with hard questions. Verse 2. It says, and she came to Jerusalem with a very great train with camels that bear spices and very much gold and precious stones. And when she was come to Solomon, she communed with him of all that was in her heart. Verse 3. And Solomon told her all her questions. There was not anything hid from the king which he told her not. Alright? Now go to verse 4. When the queen of Sheba had seen all Solomon's wisdom. Now look at it. Had seen all Solomon's what? Wisdom. And the house that he had what? Built. One day I will teach on this. And the meat of his table. Somebody said the meat of his table. That's the food that they were eating. And the sitting of his servants. Did you see that? The sitting of what? His servants. And the attendance of his ministers. And their and their and their and his cupbearers and his ascent by which he went up into the house of the Lord. There was no more spirit in him. Did you see that? Did you see that? No, no. I've not started. I'll preach this. I'll actually take time and preach this someday. That's why when we come to church, we can't dress anyhow. If you are a leader, you work in the church, you can't just do anything. When she saw, the Bible said there was no more spirit left in him. No more spirit. <laughs> when she said no more, it means she was dead. She, she became stone cold. This is a woman who had come to challenge the king. The servants, what they were wearing. Your workers, what do they wear? Your workers, you are the only one who wears nice suits. Nice shoe. Drives nice car. All your workers, they should be using Okada. That shows you a bad king. In Solomon's kingdom, everybody, and mind you, listen, in our kingdom, you see, God gets the glory. When you are coming to church, and you are not coming with detail, you are coming with Mercedes-Benz. God gets the glory for it. God gets the glory for it. You see, it starts from here. Even if you don't have it, but you think it here, very soon you have it. Yeah. When you are dreaming of a car, don't be dreaming of some nyama nyama tino. Matis, for where? It's okay for Uber. No. I'm not communicating here. In the kingdom, God wants the very... He doesn't lose anything when you have the best. When your house is at airport hills, God is on it. Yeah. When people are doing Allah work, but you are blowing in tongues there. I'm not communicating here. God wants the best and you'll enjoy the best. Now, we are just setting the foundation. This is what? Foundation number two. Somebody say kingdom foundation. Number two. The matrix is, is a starting point. But that should not be your end point. Praise God. Start from anywhere. Okada is okay. Bicycle is okay. But move from bicycle and get a matrix and get a rafor. And go for a fortuna. And go for... Uh, Dr. Ken, are you not saying anything? <laughs> Praise God. You will get the best of God. You will enjoy the best of God. Please, I don't know how to really say this, but please, I need a mental shift. Mental what? I'm telling you. Because until our minds change, our life will never be changed. The reason why you are broke is because your mind is broke. You can't have an empty pocket if you have a loaded mind. Praise God. And as we run this kingdom series, your true self will manifest. 
I said your true self will manifest. I don't want anybody to take this month and the subsequent month. I, I was speaking with Reverend Bright yesterday. And I was just reflecting on some things that are coming strong in my heart with him. It's a new day. Somebody say it's a new day. There's something I've been chasing for a long time. And I seem to be in the zone now. Praise God. I'm in the zone now. I've had some sure confirmations that makes me very, very doubly convinced that this is the zone. And I'm going to hit it until it's fully hit. Praise God. You must first be a partaker of it. Before the people who listen to us on radio enjoy it, it must manifest in your life. It must fully manifest in your life. Satan has cheated us for a long time. Because we have not understood the scriptures from the kingdom perspective. As for this kingdom thing that we have started, I don't know when we are ending it. Honestly. Honestly, I really don't know. Yeah, it could be seven years, it could be ten years. Yeah, I, I'm not talking about a one year thing. No. 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 So I want people who are ready to journey with me. How many of you are ready to journey with me? Journey with me is going to be an exciting journey. It's going to be a journey of transformation. It's going to be a journey. Wherever you are, it will be small by the time you get to where God is taking you. Lift up your hands and thank God. Thank him for a new day. Thank him. has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. To get a copy of this message and other messages, as well as books by Pastor Afuakwa, please call 540 or email us at faithhousechapel at yahoo.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also visit our website www.faithhousechapel.com for any other information. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our celebration services. Our first service, 6.45 a.m. to 8 a.m. Second service, 8.15 a.m. to 9.45 a.m. Third service, 10 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service with our first service, 5.45 p.m. to 7 p.m. Second service, 7.15 p.m. to 8.15 p.m. At our church auditorium on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza, opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santasi Runabout, Kumasi. God richly bless you. Oh.